Well, good morning. We're in the third part of our series on radical. This morning, we want to talk about radical humility. The joke is, is humility is something that once you say you have it, you've lost it. Humility is not something we are really good at, but the scripture teaches it is vital to us. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Um, This seems to be a contradiction because it seems to be meekness is not really humility, but the terminology here really means a disposition or an attitude before God. It means to be humble. It's not meek like you're lowly or fearful or cowardice. What it means is to be um, to be humble. And then let's flip all the way back to Psalm 37 and verse one Psalm 37 verse 1 it says uh, do not fret because of the evil men or be envious of those who do wrong for like the grass they will soon wither like green plants they will soon die away trust in the Lord and do good dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart how does this fit It fits really well if you look at what's going on in our world today, uh, that the reality is, is those who are not meek and those who are not humble are demanding their rights and they're demanding respect. Where God says, humble yourself, God says, be meek and you will inherit the lands. Uh, Go down to uh, Psalm 37, verse 11. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. And again, meekness is not fearfulness. It is humility. Humility is defined as meekness, lowliness, or modesty. But I think humility, biblically, is a proper understanding of who we are. We need to understand who we are in Christ. That's a biblical worldview. Seeing all of life through God's eyes gives us a biblical worldview, and that is the worldview that we need to have. Uh, Turn back to the New Testament in Matthew chapter uh, 23. Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12. Jesus is teaching and he says in verse 11 Matthew 23:11 the greatest among you will be your servant for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted he says we need to take the proper perspective and the proper position and that position and that perspective is one of humility why is that important because if we are taking um, score, keeping score of the things that we will do and the things maybe that God allows us to do. There's this um, temptation to become something that we're not. There's this temptation to take uh, credit for what God is doing through us. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 12 and we have this beautiful uh, explanation. And I just want to read 10 verses to you. A lot of scripture this morning, but I think it's important. You can jot these down and look them up later if you want. Second Corinthians 12, 1 through 10. Paul says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on uh, to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ, he doesn't say himself, who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know God. 
uh, God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about the man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. All of those things that he said there seem a little confusing, but look at what God did for him. He he took Paul, even though Paul's talking in the, the kind of third person here and not taking credit. He took Paul and he showed him beautiful, amazing glorious things and gave him visions and gave him uh, great teachings. And he said, but I will boast about myself only about my weaknesses. Even if I should uh, choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. I would be speaking the truth to say to you that I saw these things and I did these things and God uh, brought these to me. But he says, I'm going to boast not in that, but I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. But I refrain so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do say. I do not want to get in the way of the gospel. Verse 7, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my, in my flesh. We don't know what it was, but, but God allowed this messenger from Satan to torment me. He allowed this to happen. Why? To keep him Humble. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me this, this is so powerful. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Oh, I don't know how many times I've tried to go in my own power. And yet in my own power, I was unsuccessful. But when I submitted myself to the Lord and say, God, you do whatever you want through me and you do whatever you plan and I'll just submit to you. When I was a young preacher, I wanted everybody saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and called to the ministry in 30 minutes. And I realized that I'm not the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit's job. Let's continue. Therefore, what is it there for? I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for I am weak than I am strong. I, I, I'm like you. I delight in all those too. Not. I mean, I don't like it when somebody doesn't like my Facebook post. I get offended. Um, he said, I'm going to delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Why? For when I'm weak, I'm strong. It seems such a paradox, but God's economy is not our economy. What God sees as, as, uh, as strength is our weaknesses. What we see as our strengths are really not our strengths at all. We need to submit ourselves to the Lord and allow God to do beautiful things through us. He has given us gifts to touch the world, not so that people can put our name up in lights and say, oh, aren't we special? No, when we do that, we get in the way and we usurp the fame and the glory that should be going to our Savior and our Lord. Let's turn to Philippians chapter two for the ultimate example of humility. Philippians chapter two, verse one. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete, Paul said, by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or gain, uh, vain conceit, but in humility, 
consider others better than yourself. Stop right there and underline it. We need to stop taking the best seat in the house. We need to stop taking the best meal. We need to stop taking uh, uh, all these things to ourselves because we want to glorify ourselves or we want to build up ourselves or we want to take care of ourselves. We need to submit to God and say, you know what, my brother, my sister, you go first. Let it be a blessing to you. Let me let me be, take second fiddle. I don't need to be on the platform. You take the platform. I don't need to get the praise. You take the praise and let's give ultimately all the praise to God. Verse four, each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. When was the last time that you looked to the interest of others? When was the last time that you gave up the best seat? When was the last time that you gave not out of your abundance, but out of your lack? And you said, I'm going to go ahead and feed someone else, even though I really don't have enough money to feed myself. And I'm just going to allow God to take care of me. Verse five, and this is where everything changes. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Oh, that my attitude would be the same as his. Oh, I desire so much, so much that my attitude would be just just a just a, a drop in the bucket of what Christ's attitude is. Verse six, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. What does that statement mean? He didn't have to grasp at it because he was equal with God. He was the second person of the Trinity. He was God. He was never created. He is the uncreated who creates. Verse 7, but made himself nothing. He made himself nothing. No one did it to him. No one forced him. No one took his life. He gave it. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Can you imagine? No, you can't, and neither can I. He had glory with the Lord from the beginning of time. Before there was anything, there was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in right relationship, trying to show us the example of what a right relationship is. And yet before time um as we know it, before the creation as we know it, he humbled himself and was willing to take on human likeness. John chapter 1 and verse 11. Uh, uh, John chapter 1 verse 14, excuse me. He wrapped himself in human flesh. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He was God. And he humbled himself to become a man and he joined his spirit into a human in human flesh so that he could do exactly what he needed to do. And that is become like you and I so that he could pay the price for you and I. And he became obedient to death, even death on the cross, not just death. Not just a spear, not just a beheading, but he hung between heaven and earth. No good for heaven, no good for earth. That's what the crucifixion was. He hung so they could spit on him. He hung so they could rail accusations at him. He hung there so they could mock him. He hung there to pay the price for my sin and your sin, and that alone should keep us humble. Verse 9, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. He paid the ultimate price for you and I. He did it so that you and I could have a relationship with him. He took on the form of a man. He wrapped himself in human flesh, in human likeness, so that he could suffer like you and I would suffer. He could pay the price for you and I. Jesus Christ, the sinless Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and who is the perfect picture of humility. Are you humble today? 
You can't answer that question, yes. But we need to be humble. We need God to, to take and, and wipe away the things that would keep us from intimacy with him. And one of the things that would keep us from intimacy with him is pride. The more I look into the word, the more it reveals to me my lack of knowledge of the word. I don't read so I can be smart. I don't read so I can just know things. I read so that I can have a more intimate relationship with my Savior and Lord. And today my goal and my plan and my prayer for me and for you is that we would humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and allow him to exalt us in due time. Let me pray for us in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you. Till we talk again.